You are listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast, where it's all about responding with confidence to the legal, financial, and personal challenges created by disability, unexpected illness, or simply aging in general. Join us weekly as elder law attorneys Tim Takis, Barbara McGinnis, Chris Johnson, and other members of the Takis McGinnis Elder Care Law Team talk about the tools, techniques, strategies, and services that will make the elder care journey easier for everyone involved. Get ready, because aging starts now. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Aging Starts Now. I'm partner and attorney Chris Johnson, and today we are talking about reverse mortgages with retirement mortgage specialist Dean Germain. Dean, welcome to the program. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate you having me on. Well, we appreciate you being on. I think uh, a lot of people see reverse mortgages. We see the commercials that are on TV all the time, and yet there's still a mystery for something that we see so regularly. Uh, we also, I, I, and I share it myself included, uh, sometimes I feel like I don't know the ins and outs of these. and I, I get questions on them every once in a while, and I know that I want to have better answers than where I'm at. And so I think the best place to start today is, Dean, tell us what exactly a reverse mortgage is. In a nutshell, a reverse mortgage is, is it's a different lien in your property, but it's a lien that your home pays for with equity instead of you paying for it with your for, with your hard-earned cash or your retirement income. It's just that simple. Really, just I mean, that simple. That, that it really broken down to its most basic form. That's amazing because I think people think they're much more complicated than they are. And there's, there's complications with, you know, getting you to the closing table. There is more paperwork. You are in a loan that is a negative and loan. So you do have a balance that increases on the loan. Um, It's an interest only loan. So it increases slower than what you would pay on a normal forward mortgage payment. Um, But in a nutshell, we like to break it down to make it as easy as possible for people. And then if they want to get in the nuts and bolts of it, we can break it down further, but okay. you know, there's so much misinformation out there about them. We like to make it as, as you know, broken down as possible at first. Right. Absolutely. Kind of that crawl, walk, run strategy. Well then, so let's, let's start talking. Are there different types of reverse mortgages? There are different types of reverse mortgages, but not in the state of Tennessee. So in other states there are proprietary lenders, just like when you have regular banks and you have forward mortgages, you know, you have FHA, you have conventional, you have VA. Right. And then there's community banks that have their own little loan program for the people in their community. So in other states, there are proprietary loans where they offer different reverse mortgage options. But in the state of Tennessee, we only have the FHA backed HECA mortgage. Just the FHA backed one. Okay. That's interesting. So why would someone want a reverse mortgage? If I'm if I'm there and I'm contemplating, do I want or do I not want a reverse mortgage? What am I looking at? What are the variables? When does it make sense? When are there maybe better options? Okay. So realistically, 90 to 95% of people out there um, can utilize a reverse mortgage. Do they need one? No. It's let's look at like, you know, look at our weather for today. It's it's predicted to rain. So now would be a good time to have an umbrella. A reverse right. mortgage works the same way. When you're 62 years old, just like you plan for retirement, you start to plan your future from 62 on by setting up a reverse mortgage early. Will you need it later on? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But the longer you wait, the less benefit it has to you. And so you always want to try and set up a 62 and we can show you with your financial advisor, with your CPA, different strategies that help make you wealthier and leave a bigger legacy or sustain a better retirement by implementing one early. 
Interesting. So that's there. There is the first big nugget that I didn't know. Sixty-two is the best age. So there's. It sounds like there's diminishing returns as you age past that. How significant? Like, can you put a percentage on it? Like, if I wait five years, is it like five or ten percent less, or does it get more significant, or is it hard to put a number on it like that? It's a little more complicated than that. So what happens when you do a reverse mortgage, 99% of them that we do, we do an adjustable rate mortgage. So it has a line of credit that grows for you exponentially once it's established. So you get a little bit higher percentage as you age, but you lose that compound growth of your line of credit. So if you establish one early, let's just use raw numbers and you have a $100,000 line of credit in your home, yep. free and clear, or you've paid off a mortgage, that line of credit is going to grow for you every year. So if it's growing at 5%, since it grows monthly, you'll be a little over $105,000 year one. And then a little over you know, 10, five, year two, it's exponential. So if you wait five years and your home hasn't gone up that much in value and you don't gain that much more growth on your, your age, percentage in your age for your amount that you're allowed, you may only be at 107, where starting at five years earlier, you're actually at you know, 125. Right. So that's okay. why I see that immediately. interest is, works in your favor. It's, it's the same idea on saving for retirement. You know, they tell you if you start at 30, vice you start at 40, the huge difference it makes by the time you're age 70. It's, it's kind of the same concept in reverse. The sooner you start this, that exponential growth will build on top of one another so you have a, a much, a significantly larger line of credit. Precisely. Okay. There, boy, I'm learning all sorts of stuff today. This is yeah. fantastic. And so I can then, give you an example on that too. If somebody yeah, establishes their line of, at, at 62 years old at roughly 5% growth, if they start with a $250,000 line of credit on their home, which nowadays there's going to be a lot of homes out there at our home values that will be there. By the time they're 85, that loan, that line of credit has grown to over $700,000. But 25 years later, if that home has only gone to $800,000, and they start then, they're only going to get about $450,000. So they've lost $300,000 of leverageability. That's a huge difference. That is yes. an enormous difference. When you break it down with the numbers, it really starts to be impactful, doesn't it? It, it does. It does. And when we get in individual scenarios and each client would say, you know, we, we put in their numbers or exact figures and we show them, well, if you wait, this is what you get. But if you start now, this is where you'll be in 20 years from now. And that's really what this boils down to. Yes, there are some people that need an immediate need for it. But that's more of what the TV commercials push is it's a loan of last resort. And it's really not. It's a strategy. And there's plenty. I've got several books that I keep with me, with me all the time where these financial and retirement, you know, PhD doctors, you know, retire, you know, retirement specialists, they go through and they show these strategies, how you have a much better cash survival rate by implementing the strategy earlier rather than waiting. It's not a loan of last resort. And we're trying to change that. Well, I'm glad you really hit that on the button there because I, I don't think people realize that uh, that I think most people do kind of see it as a last resort. Like, hey, I'm, I've kind of run out of options here. And so this is this is kind of the last card that I've been dealt when in actuality, if you play it early and play it appropriately, it can have a pretty big benefit. Correct. And that's why we always try and get the financial advisors involved as well. Um, you know, like right now is a perfect storm of what's going on. We have people that are retiring, um, inflation is increasing, and your portfolio has just decreased by 30%. Yep. So, it, you know, as far as what's your sequence of returns risk by retiring now, having a forward mortgage payment, have to pull from your portfolio to pay your reverse mortgage. If we stop your reverse and stop your mortgage payment with a reverse, you don't have to pull from your portfolio. So you can leave it to bounce back. And we all know that traditionally a portfolio has never been down, you know, what, more than eight years. 
And so that portfolio will bounce back. So you're 62 now. That means by 70, it's come back. And now you say, okay, now I'm going to start pulling from my portfolio. I'll pay my reverse back down. So I have access to that again later in, in case the market goes bare again. I got it. I can see that exactly. Well, and the other thing I, I like, I can see that you lay that out very clearly. But the other thing I like to hear is that team approach that you want to work with a financial advisor. That this is a piece of an overarching strategy puzzle. And so when it's done in concert, all planning when done in concert and when getting everyone on the same sheet of music, the odds of a successful outcome are just much higher. Correct. Correct. And that's what it is. We're trying to, it's a strategy. It's a team effort. You know, a house is built from the foundation up. We don't start with the roof. We're doing the same thing with your financial strategy for your retirement. Okay. So is there anyone that wouldn't be a good candidate? Is there someone out there in our listening audience where you can be like, hey, someone who fits this criteria, hey, they might not be a good fit, or is there no such thing as not a good fit? How do you guys look at that? So realistically, if you're planning on selling your home in the next 12 months, you're not a good fit. Okay. Um, 12 to 24 months, then we need to look at your return. Um, we have to look at what are your closing costs versus what are your mortgage payments. So are we going to cash flow you where you'll recoup in 13 months? And if you stay for two years, then mathematically you're ahead of the game. Um, but you know, realistically, the only people who are not a good fit are under 62 or planning on moving or selling their home in the next 12 months. Now, out of curiosity, just because we do have the exponential growth item, why would someone who is under 62, let's say someone's out there listening and they're like, well, exponential growth, I'm 50 or 55. Why don't I jump on this and take advantage? Why wouldn't they be at an even higher advantage than someone at 62? Because you have to be a minimum. So program guidelines says you have to be a minimum of 62. At least one borrower has to be the age of 62. Oh, there you go. So there's just, there's, there's a statutory requirement there. Correct. So think about like social security. I want somebody at 50 years old to say, I don't want to work anymore. I'm going to draw social security. Well, there is a minimum age for it. And that's what the reverse mortgage is as well. Our minimum age is 62 years old. There we go. So that's another good little nugget for our listening audience here. Because again, it helps you strategize when is this appropriate, when's it not, when when can you even take advantage of it. So we've gone through, I think there's a lot of things people have learned here. And I think our listeners now are probably in the position of going, okay, I might want to have a discussion. Some people may, some people may not. But for those that want to have a discussion with their financial advisor or reach out to someone like you who's out there and and provides these services, what are the questions that they should be asking? What are the questions so they know, hey, I'm with a reputable person, vice someone who might be less than reputable? What things should they be looking for and what questions should they be asking? You know, I think honestly, we've touched on, you know, on most of them. Obviously, every, the first question everybody has is, you know, what's your rate? Um, rates are kind of subjective on the reverse mortgage side because your exponential growth on your line of credit is directly tied to that margin in your rate. So, for example, I had somebody who we closed at the end of last year where she was actually getting more principal limit factors than what she was allowed to get on her home because they sold on a lower rate, but with that lower rate, you're going to have a, a much slower growth factor on your line of credit. And so you have to actually really ask them, you know, what's the best for me for my long-term goals, for my short-term goals? What's your age? If you're older, then people may want to have a higher rate for the higher growth factor. Um, if they're younger, we try and find that, that nice balance in between. So that'd be one question is make sure, hey, how are you setting this margin and rate for my future growth? Can you show it to me different ways? Um, 
you know, there's a lot of stuff that's regulated on these. So it's really a matter as long as you're with somebody reputable, making sure they show you the numbers in different scenarios. If you have, we, we can do comparisons to show you, Hey, this is what your growth rate would be here. You lose some principal limit factor, but you get more growth. So if you're planning for future and for long-term care, or you don't have a huge pension, you want to be able to pull, um, you know, more money from your, your, um, reverse mortgage later on down the road, then this may be a better option for you. Um, so that's one of the questions to ask themselves really before they even speak to their loan officers, you know, what are you planning on for 85 years old or 80 years old? What's your income going to look like then? So we can structure your reverse mortgage properly and get you the right margin and growth factor on the front end. Got it. That makes, that makes total sense. So I think, but I think a big takeaway for this, for the listening audience is that this is a strategy and it is a part of your overall financial picture. And so the big thing to do is you said it, when you go and ask them about that, they're going to ask, you know, a reputable lender is going to ask, what are your long-term goals? What are your short-term goals? And so you're going to want to know that. And that probably means at a minimum, having a discussion prior with your financial advisor or bringing your financial advisor to the meeting so that you can kind of spitball, hey, this is, you know, this is how we want to implement this. This is how we want to make it work. And then Dean, I I think you said something else, which is always a positive, which is you said, hey, when you're having the discussion, ask them to show you the numbers. Because a reputable person, like you said, will break down, hey, this is how it'll work. If we go this route or if we go this route, these are the different numbers. And that can really give you some granularity in the planning. I also encourage them to have anybody who would have any kind of objections to be in the meeting or on the call with us. So if they think their children are going to object to it, then bring your children. If your children are 45 years old, I want to show them why, hey, if you plan on this when you turn 62, why are you on a 15-year mortgage now? Stretch it back to 30 and start investing your money while you're young now so you actually have 15 years of compound growth on your investments before you even get to reverse mortgage age. Then you get there, you stop your mortgage payments, same thing, you have a line of credit that grows for you. So we want to educate everybody, the masses. And so bring your children, bring your CPA, bring your financial advisor, bring whoever I will answer all your questions, all your objections. And like you say, anybody reputable should. We are here to educate, not to sell. And once I educate you on these, most people are like, all right, we're ready to move forward because it's not a hard sale. It makes sense most of the time. And, and educating only empowers the consumer. And that's the best thing about the education process and that. And I love that you emphasize that, Dean, because you can't really make decisions on these if they're not informed decisions. And I think that is a real powerful statement there. And I love especially that you've honed in on anyone that might object to this because sometimes the kids get nervous when they hear these things. And you're like, hey, let's have all the stakeholders in the room so that we can get everyone on the same sheet of music. That's a hallmark to good planning at every level. I love having all the key players in the room when we have these discussions because it does, it brings issues to the surface. And when people walk out of the meeting, everyone was in the same meeting, heard the same thing. And the goal is that they all took away the same lessons. Correct. And not to exclude you guys at all, but obviously their attorney is huge in this as well. Because yep. so many are planning for you know some sort of trust or you know, their wills, et cetera. And so we want to work all that in. So yeah, exactly. If we have everybody on the same sheet of music, then the melody just plays so much nicer. 
Well, this has been fantastic. Dean, I can't tell you, and I've had some familiarity with these from the work that we do, um, but I will tell you, I've taken some big takeaways from this, and I'm hoping that our listening audience has a lot of big takeaways. Uh, Education uh, is a hallmark of what we do and empowering the consumer and getting this information out to those that it'll make the biggest difference for is a big deal. Dean, you sharing your time with us to help make that happen. I cannot say thank you enough. And I greatly appreciate it too, because obviously my whole goal is to educate as many people on this and how it it truly works to their benefit. Well, we appreciate that. Dean, thank you for what you do. Thank you for sharing your time with us. Everybody, that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Takis McGinnis is a life care planning law firm helping families respond to the legal and financial challenges caused by chronic illness or disability of an elderly loved one. Join us next week for another episode of Aging Starts Now. Thank you for listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast. For more information about today's show, visit tn-elderlaw.com, click on the free resources tab, and then click on Aging Starts Now. You'll find the show notes there. And while you're at it, why not check out all the free resources available at tn-elderlaw.com? Document downloads, the Take Us McGinnis blog, educational videos, informative articles, helpful links, a TV show, and more. It's all there free for the taking. If you enjoy listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast, please subscribe, rate the show, or leave us a review. It's easy to do on whatever app you use to listen. We would love your feedback on the show. Aging Starts Now. We'll be back next week with more candid discussions about challenges created by aging, disability, and unexpected illness.